On today's episode of the Afrinu Podcast, we bring you a long-time advocate and advisor of the African Young Generation in Nuclear, AYGN. He is one of the dynamic agents that brought about the formation of AYGN. His strength and skills has been of great use to the African nuclear community. Listen to A.K. Barry on this episode. Mr. A.K. Barry, could you please um, introduce yourself for the audience? Thank you. Uh, hello, everybody. Everybody in the continent, wherever you are, in Africa, Europe, Asia, wherever you are, you're listening to this podcast. Um, like uh, our brother here said, my name is Abu Karim Barry. I am from Sierra Leone. Um, I'm a nuclear professional. Um, um, I've been in the industry for 14 years plus. Um, I have expert knowledge in, in years of experience in design engineering, system programs and components, um, uh, engineering, maintenance and operations of uh, boiling water reactors. Um, I have a great passion for capacity building, research and development, um, uh, leadership development, advocacy initiatives, uh, mentoring, knowledge transfer, adventures, uh, sports. I love sports. I'm a, I consider myself a soccer fanatic. Um, and above else, I, I love my family. I have a, I have a toddler who's two years unmarried. I can hear. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to, uh, to the discussion we have in here today. And um, so if you hear him in the background, I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> he's a handful, yeah. but uh, he's, a, he's, he's a good boy. Thank you but so I'm, much. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and, and happy to be part of this edition of this podcast. Thank you very, very much, AK. I sincerely appreciate your introduction. And um, uh, since I've known you, you've been very, um, very much front and forward about um, the continent regarding development and a whole lot of issues about the continent and um, I kind of stumbled on a publication on the website of University of Michigan about um, some structural racism against um, some set of people um, in terms of uh, recruiting students or um, um, some set of people into the nuclear engineering program. So uh, it came as a as a shock and also a little bit strange to me uh, but I thought you would be more um, likely to give me a more balanced explanation of what this means. Um, I talked about this when I was um, having the talk with um, Professor Todd Allen who is the chair of the nuclear engineering program in University of Michigan. So could you please tell us a little bit about the the structural racism that um, that website implied, if you may say? Um, well, thank you because I'm, I'm not familiar with that with that article itself. Um, I've been on a panel uh, on a panel with um, Dr. Todd, I think uh, the gentleman that you mentioned from Michigan. Yes. Um, recently, we had a special interest group panel um, discussion on nuclear science and technology. Um, within um, the black community here in the United States, uh, which was chaired by the National Society of Black Engineers. Um, I was the moderator for that, for that, um, for that, um, um, I guess we'll call it webcast we had. Cool. And we focused more on just the challenges um, that we have within uh, the black community here in, in the United States and even abroad um, on, on um, having a lot, a lot of folks within within the industry itself. But the nuclear industry, um, just like any other industry, <laughs> it is it, it is definitely, I'm sure at some point, you know, there's some some form of um, um, biases, um, you can call it prejudice, you can call it racism. Oh, yeah. um, 
it's not bad from 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 some of these we have within 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 our culture. But I personally, not, I'm not familiar with that article whatsoever. Okay, that's um, fine. Uh, that yeah. that's very okay. Um, and um, since you've been so much um, um in the nuclear community and um, involved with a whole um um range and spectrum of interests, I wonder like um. Are you very much um, into the African young generation in nuclear? Can you tell us a little bit about them? I understand from when we met in 2016, I remember you muted the idea of having the African group among the young people that um, are interested in nuclear. And um, in subsequent meetings, we saw how we we pushed for that um, 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 idea to become reality. And that's the African young generation we have today. And I would say that you are very much instrumental to this um, reality. And kudos to you for that. A round of applause. Oh, yeah, that's okay. So, uh, please, can you tell us, like, since you are the advisor of AYGN, uh, where is is he headed today? And um, do you think that there is hope? With the with this kind of um, um, uh, network of people, and do you think it has any useful contribution to the nuclear future in Africa? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let me make a correction there. It wasn't 2016. It was 2014. Oh, yeah. Bo- Thank you. 2014. <laughs> yeah. It was 2016 <laughs> that it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hangzhou. Yeah, it That's took off. Yeah, uh, it took off in 2016. Uh, Thanks for that correction. Right. Yeah, but it was in 2014, we met in Borgas, and yes, uh, yes, we just yes. happened to be, you know, we were there representing our individual local uh, um, uh, professional societies yes. uh, from wherever we were, and I think you were in South Korea at the time, right, I believe? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was uh, coming from the U.S., uh, of course, and I was also part of the IYNC uh, organizing group at the time. Um, but, um, I mean, uh, to answer your question, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got to start from somewhere. If you remember, yeah, just rejog your memory, you know, we're all sitting in a conference room um, and everybody, every continent was being called the, uh, the North American Young Generation Nuclear, blah, 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 blah. The Asian, you know, Young Generation, blah, blah, blah. The European, you know, uh, Nuclear Network, blah, blah, blah. So everybody was being represented and it just happens to be myself, you, um, um, uh, uh, what's, his, what's her name, Jelani, Pamela, uh, Pamela um, uh, uh, um, what's her name again? Um, um, a few other people. Uh, yeah. I think it was six, it was six of us, I believe. Um, uh, uh, Felici, yeah. Felici, I think it was. Yeah, and, Felicile. Uh, Felicile, that's right, Felicile. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other sister from South Africa, Umbella, um, uh, I always forget. I always tend to. But anyway, the long the long story short, you know, we looked at each other and like everybody is being represented by Africa. Um, what can we do about it? And we after the conference, we started having discussions, you know, developing the idea. And then 2016, of course, um, it took off um, after we had a lot more representatives from Africa at the IYNC um, conference again in China. Yeah, uh, we had a little, um, like GP came uh, on board at that time. You know, um, and a few other people. Eve was at that co- at that conference too, and all of them now are the leaders of this organization. Um, so I say all that to say, you know, um, and this is what you know the kind of um, I would say the vision of what I was hoping this organization would would would, would be is a collective effort of Africans living in Africa, working in Africa, going to school in Africa, leading the organization. 
Um, 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 and I'll be honest, I'll be totally honest with you that um, the leadership that we have since then um, have been amazing. GP's leadership, Princess, uh, who came on board later on, who's our communication chair now. Yeah. Evelyn, vice president, you know, GP, the president. Um, you know, all of them have, 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 you know, take this idea, which was an idea, and make it very practical. And now we have created um, uh, uh, a pool, I would say, a pool wherein, you know, Africans living in the continent that want to go into nuclear science and technology, you know, they can use this tool. They, would, they don't have to reinvent again the tool or use this tool, which is already there. Um, and that's really, really our goal. If you go to uh, AfricanYGN.org, um, you, you will see the, 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 our mission is to empower empower Africans in nuclear science and technology and see how we can take this mission of, and of, of helping the socioeconomic um, issues we have in our country through um, promoting peaceful uses of nuclear science and technology. And it has, it has so many different uses in the industry. I come from the energy industry, so I can talk more about the energy in the industry. Yeah. Um, but there are so many other uh, uses in, in, in nuclear science and technology. So um, to, to answer your question, AYGN, African Young Generation Nuclear, the, the leadership has been immense. And I just can't wait to see what this organization would do in the future. That's awesome. Uh, because we, I believe, honestly, as I continue to be a, the advisor for the group, yeah. um, you know, just giving them my experience that I've had I uh, haven't been part of the global um, nuclear industry uh, 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 here in the United States uh, with the African young, uh, with the uh, North American Young Generation in Nuclear, and having worked at a nuclear power plant itself for about 14 years uh, myself. So uh, using all that experience and just trying to give back to the continent, man. You know that's what I. That's, that's really actually what what I really really the message I wanna. I want to express is giving back to the continent. Um, having the continent has given me a foundation that I've built on since I moved to the United States um, 20 plus seconds ago. You've done awesome. Like with that alone, I think um, the future is very much guaranteed for you. And I think posterity will never forget you for this great, great, great effort which um, you have done. And um, I see uh, as time keeps going on and development keeps happening and events keeps um, turning out in Africa, uh, the, the main factor, the main thing that is affecting the development and deployment of nuclear is, is not because of anything but mainly leadership. And I believe that um, with um, the right people in, in the right place, they will be able to get this dream to reality. So, uh, I want to ask: um, Would you do you have um, any kind of um, uh, explanation to the kind of activities you you engaged in? You said that you worked in a nuclear power plant. So, can you have give us a kind of overview of um, maybe your daily routine? And uh, you worked as an operator, right? Did you? No, no, actually, I'm an engineer. Okay, 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 okay. So, you you are a design engineer, a systems engineer, kind of. So, I don't know, like, uh, uh, what were the like, um, kind of things that you do, um, while on the job? Like, is it something that somebody 
who gets trained for a short time can do or you need a specialized maybe you need to do have a line of course that you did maybe from your undergraduate because the other time i was talking with um, emilia yanis from um, european nuclear society she is just a communications person but she she got nuclearized through training over the 10 years she was in the industry so I wouldn't know like what were the things that equipped you to function optimally in this position in the uh, nuclear reactor environment a nuclear power oh, plant environment very good question um, <laughs> the misconception is you have to be a nuclear engineer or nuclear scientist to be working in the nuclear industry but the beauty of, uh, of of the industry is you can come with whatever your background is and, you, and at the end of the day is application and that's what really and truly uh, I believe life is all about what you have gained and how you apply it and the nuclear industry is no different of course like any other industry uh, like any other industry when you come with your own uh, whatever um, um, requirements or whatever um, degrees you, cut, you you have that company would have to train you and the nuclear industry is no different when I went to college I got my bachelor's in electrical engineering uh, I got my minors in in, 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 uh, in mathematics, um, but when uh, I interviewed for the job, I interviewed for the job as an engineer. Um, oh, and then once once I got there, um, uh, in this case, the design engineering group, because I wanted to be in design, um, because design gives me an opportunity wherein I'll learn so many different things <laughs> as compared to system engineering, wherein you are you know, you're trained to understand everything there is to know about a certain system that's yeah. assigned to you. Yeah. Uh, whereas design engineering allows you to look at different systems at any given time. You assign so many different projects, so you learn different projects and you look at different design design opportunities, uh, solutions. Um, so I love providing solutions. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, you can come with whatever, whatever degree you have, um, whatever degree you have, yeah. and uh, literally... You know, use those applications to uh, to do whatever you know, whatever it is that you that you've been trained to do. Yeah. Um, and in this case, um, since I was trained as an electrical engineer, um, I hired for instrumentation and controls, and I worked in a design engineering group for eight years. And then after eight years working in that group, um, I worked from you know different different projects as a project engineer as an engineer awesome. working mostly on instrumentation and control uh, which is like a, a, just a branch of electrical engineering really um, um, and we're working more on instrumentations and looking at the behavior of those instruments those instruments for the given systems that yeah. they that are they that they are um, um, they are in or, yeah. or they installed in so at the end of the day you know anybody any don't don't be scared whatsoever you know if you're going for electrical engineering mechanical engineering if it's communication um, even in law you have folks um, that that studied law uh, but they come into the nuclear industry you have uh, maybe like 18 them you you understand the theory of, of, uh, of nuclear science and technology and you're able to apply you know uh, what you got what your background was on and uh, folks from the regulatory yeah. industry yeah you have a lot of folks that, that had law and, and they're yeah. in the regulatory yeah. side of, of the industry. Yeah. So like in this case, it's lady communication. Okay. You know, uh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. anything at all in the African yeah. context, that's one of the things we need, right? Perfect. Yeah, you got it. So uh, you, you talked about um, maintenance and operations of BWRs. 
can you tell us mm-hmm. something that is um, a, a bit special with the BWRs that we cannot find because um, some people don't really know what BWRs is. So can you oh. explain to us what BWR is, please? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. sorry, sorry for the jaggers. You know, we in the nuclear industry have uh, have a habit of uh, yeah. <laughs> have a habit of acronyms because over time, you know, you just throw these acronyms and everybody start asking, what, are, what is this about? Yeah. But in our in, in this case, um, sorry for the background noise again. <laughs> my, okay. my son is trying to get something that he really needs. Right. Um, but BWR, so in the nuclear industry, and it's in this case, the energy. Uh, or the utility industry, you know, over the years, we have the, the most dominant types of reactors, which is the major reactors, is the boiling water reactor and the pressurized water reactors. Yeah. Um, and the big difference is just a matter of how you tr- how you transition from um, from creating that energy within the reactor and 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 transitioning that through uh, 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 um, uh, the different systems before you create before you generate electricity. So at the end of the day, in one in one design, which in the in boiling water reactor, yeah. as the name is, yeah. you boil the water in the reactor, yeah. and the energy from 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 the fission process yeah. in the reactor. Um, that creates some type of steam, and that steam is transitioned through pipes, yeah. through a mechanical uh, way of uh, of uh, 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 of an equip of, uh, of an instrument or equipment in this yeah. case, or yeah. component. Yeah. And from there, you know, you created energy. Yeah. That energy, that mechanical energy, is being yeah. converted to, you know, um, electrical, um, electrical yeah. mechanical Perfect. Perfect. energy, which goes to the generator. Yeah. So. In the PWR, you don't allow the water to, to boil in the reactor, right? Yeah. You take that, you take, you take that energy, you know, um, um, and bring it through um, steam, steam generators. And within the steam generators, that's where the steam is being created. Yeah. The same steam that was in the boiling reactor that you transition to uh, a mechan- mechanical conversion yeah. uh, to, be, to be converted to electrical energy. So those are two, typically the main, main two differences. At the end of the day, um, once you understand which you know, which is which. I haven't worked in a PWR, interestingly. All oh, my years I of being a boiling reactor. Wow. We understand the theory and everything about it, but um, never worked in a PWR. Oh, okay. Even when I supported some of the, um, some of our other uh, uh, sister plants, um, the only, I remember the only, the, the support, the plant that I supported also years back, I think it was like 2009 or 10 or somewhere around that, I think it was a BWR, you know. Um, okay. It's a BWR. Yeah, so all my career has been in, in the boiling water reactors. Okay, <laughs> that's very interesting. Um, um, AK, you, you talked about you having great passion for capacity building, research, development, mm-hmm. leadership, um, advocacy, mentoring, knowledge transfer, adventure, sports, above all, uh, and a lot of family values as we have in traditional societies like ours in Africa. So I would mm-hmm. say, uh, and um, as a form of question, like um, what kind of things has helped you to um, become who you are now? Do you have maybe um, a trend or some materials or some kind of attitudes or place or environment if you may say that um, helped you to rise to the level of um, because I consider it a very great um, 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 do I say a capacity to work in a nuclear power plant environment. So, uh, what would you say has helped you generally as an individual to to uh, to get to this level of development and also contributing to uh, operating the reactor? 
<laughs> oh man, I haven't operated a reactor, but I, I mean, just, like just walking in the, in the oh. walking in the nuclear power plant environment. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so our 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 uh, our um, uh, listeners don't, don't think I've operated a reactor myself, oh, yeah, but I've provided designs. Sure. I keep mistaking that you operate. So. <laughs> yeah, I know everybody. Everybody, you're not the only one. You know, for for whatever reason, even in some of the conferences that we go, for whatever reason, I don't know why folks uh, tend to think I'm an operator, but I've never been an operator. I would have loved to be one. Uh, but anyway, to answer your question, oh man, you know, in Africa. As you know very well, we have a common saying that it takes a village to raise anybody. Um, and my experience um, um, that I've gained since I can't even remember um, to get to where I'm at today is a combination of a lot of people. Um, um, but by far, the foundation um, that I have from back home, our educational system we had there years ago because now i know the educational system is very different from when i was growing up yeah um, okay, um so. the educational system prepared me um by the time i moved to the states uh, i was still uh i think it was like 19 almost yeah almost 18 going on 19. Okay. um so literally i've spent all of my uh <laughs> 20s and 30s and 40s in, in, in the united states but um but that's where it, be- it began for me the foundation that i i had in in the schools in in Africa, um, our educational system okay. um, has prepared me for where I, how I got here today. Okay. You know, um, and hopefully, oh, one second. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's uh, he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, boy, sorry about that. Excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, very very strong. I would say back then um, prepared me for when I got here and went. Uh, I did one more year of high school, even though I had graduated from high school from from back home. But you know how it is back home—you graduated, you were like sixteen. Because <laughs> yeah. when I came here, I was already in the sixth form when I came. Here. Yeah. But I came back and uh, figured out the best way to understand the system here in the United States was go back to high school and just understand how things are done here. Okay. But uh, I would say. Um, that was the foundation for me. Our school system in Africa was great. And it's sad now when I go back and I visit and I see how much our educational system has degraded. So what do you think um, can be done to bring it speak. up to to standard? What do you think? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I know it's a big question. At the end of the night, <laughs> It's, 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 man, it's, it's, man, don't open a can of worms, don't open a can of worms here. <laughs> but at the end of the yeah. It comes, I'm telling you, you know, by the end of the day, it comes down to leadership. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be totally honest with you, brother. Um, and you know, when you and I have, uh, I've known you now for what, almost six years, seven years. When we have our discussion, one of the things that is lacking in our continent is leadership. Yeah. And Very for true. the few leadership that we have had in some other countries, we see the difference. Okay. Yeah. We see the difference um, in how things are being done there. One second. Awesome. 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 Okay, here's what we're doing. All right, all right, all right. Okay. All right. Wanna be part of wanna be part of the webinar? There you go. <laughs> so um but um but um 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, I'll be honest with you, brother. At the end of the day, is the leadership, um, and and what we're lacking in our continent in general is leadership, and even just our regular communities here in the diaspora. Yeah. Um, you see the, le- the leadership qualities that we lack, and I think it's something that can be trained. Um, and one of the things that I've been able to, even in my role as an advisor, is. When I, this African young generation nuclear is not only about education, it's not yeah. only about research and development, yeah. but it's about training our members to be good leaders. Yeah. You know, um, and if we can be leaders, we can change, we can change our continent. I really, really do believe that because we have the resources, we have the knowledge, uh, we have the capacity. Yeah. Um, to achieve whatever we would I like to achieve. You've just said a very salient point. We should have l- some kind of leadership masterclass for the African young generation in nuclear to train people. In right, leadership. right. Yeah. Very important. Right. And so, in your I mean, conference even, in Ghana, I think that should be a side event, if I may say. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, what I try to do with, even within my role um, as, 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 the, as the AYGN advisor is our membership is, I try, in my role as an advisor, in of itself is trying to uh, mentor folks, yeah. um, leadership uh, uh, leadership skills, what it takes um, to empower people, yeah. you know. Um, we, if we go together, and, and, and I think you and I have had this discussion before, yeah. I'm like, listen, there's not saying that, you know, you go alone, you get there quicker, sure. right? But if we go together, it's very sustainable, very and true. that's yeah. that, that is that is what we need to do back home to recalibrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not like the idea is not there; the mentality is what needs to be recalibrated. That yeah, listen, correct. we can together. But what what it would take to do that is we have to have patience for one another. Yeah, we have to be able to listen to one another. Very um, true. And at the end of the day, if your idea that you present is not accepted by the majority, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's okay. Very, very. You know, it doesn't have to be because your idea is not is is not um, accepted by the by the majority. You kind of move away from the objective uh, uh, yeah. uh, or the mission of what you're trying to accomplish. Very Once very we're able to do some of these few things, very small little things, I think we'll be able to achieve anything we put our minds to. And the AYGN right now, as I speak, is a testament to that. Um, um, so you you know the the, the insides yeah. and outs of yeah. Of, yeah, of yeah. organization but look where we are today because we are able to work with one another yeah even though look at if you look at the leadership of AYGN right now yeah the folks that were there in 2014 that yeah. that started that yeah that came up with this this vision you know people tend to want to think you know it is solely and truly my vision but it's not more of my vision it's more of we sat on that table and we thought we thought about what can we do we yeah. left out what can True. Right, but if you look at our leadership right now, nobody that was there that create that started the idea are part of the leadership, yeah. and that's what yeah. that's one of the things I wanted, in my humble opinion, to yeah. communicate with our 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 communities, not only here in America, not only in Africa, but even in diaspora, because I believe the diaspora can bring so much back home, yeah. um, to, to 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 impact folks. So I say all that to say, um. Be, it doesn't always have to be. Oh, this is my idea. It has to be the my way or, or the highway. No, let other people lead. It's okay to empower others to become something. Yeah. If you do that, you see a lot of things would happen. Very true. So, um, Ak, I wonder, like looking at the African context and what we have 
uh, the infrastructural deficits and stuff like that. I wonder, what do you think? Do you think nuclear is the most fitting uh, solution to our energy needs or we need something else, something that is more easily deployable or is there a way you can balance our need and um, uh, yeah, the benefit to risk and stuff like that? Like, do you think that nuclear is really what we need now or something else will solve our problems better or maybe it's for the near future or at what stage or can you align our our kind of progress with uh, the nuclear dream you know, good uh, very good can. question um <laughs> the way i would like to answer this question i don't like the idea of there's only one solution okay. uh, there are various ways of skinning the of skinning the cat as they would say back home right yeah um which kind of like is kind of like politically incorrect now these days to say but yeah. <laughs> But, um, but there are different ways you can achieve the same thing. Yeah. So I would say rather than nuclear being the sole and only solution, the bigger yeah. solution to our energy needs, it could be part it can be part of our energy needs. Perfect. Now how, how, the, how we go about that again, it goes back to leadership because yeah. the excuse that we make for um, um, nuclear and energy in general is the capital it takes, to to um, to build these new rea- you know, reactors in in the continent, it's like oh you know we don't even have the basic needs in the continent. How can we afford to even build a one thousand megawatt electric um, 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 reactor? You know, um, so I say at the end of the day, it comes down to leadership. So I wouldn't say it is the is the main um, um, is the savior for our energy needs, but it can be um, in the energy mix. And now. What, what we should be really, really happy and what I'm hoping we embrace. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've been pushing yeah. whenever I have whenever I have an audience is mm-hmm. um, this idea of the small modular reactors. I honestly and truly do believe the African, con- okay. the African continent should embrace this idea of small modular reactors. And I'll give you one reason and one main, one good reason why I think if we embrace this 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 idea uh, of the small modular reactors, and we've seen some of the designs that have already been approved, especially here in the US, um, like New Scale, you know, yeah. they've approved their designs for, for implementation. Um, it's a, just a matter of them um, um, advertising their, 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 their design out within the United States and outside of the United States. But the, what I, what I want to get to, why I believe the SMR would probably bring the solution um, to some of our energy needs, you know, uh, instead of, you know, a big, big, big nuclear reactor is um, typically when we say an SMR, we're looking at 300 megawatts uh, electric um, um, output, right? So if we look at our existing um, energy needs, especially in this case, the, the electrical grid, our electrical grid in most of our African countries cannot handle a 1,000 megawatt electric output. Yeah, so, very correct. Right. So if we plan ahead, again, again, it's leadership. If we plan ahead and say, you know what? We're going to plan ahead in this location. We're going to put four um, 300 megawatt electric. So that's about 1,200 events we're going to have. So what we're going to do is the 300 that we install for the time being, let's say it takes us two years to do that, two or three years to build that one, right? We install our 300 megawatts, but we've planned to have four in there. So yeah. once we build that that first 300, we can do that, you know, um, side by side by upgrading our electrical grid to a handle in the future, in the next 10 years, the next yeah. 20 years, yeah. um, the, the, the other three 
um, um, SMRs that we're going to build in that location. Yeah, and so some other people I, were of the school of thought that um, maybe for industrial applications like, you know, the Dangote Industries, he could just have one in his industry and then the um, overflows or the excess energy, he can sell it to the residentials around. So I, I, I quite agree with you while we are trying to build up our a grid making it more reliable and um, uh, to be able to take uh, the heavy load that comes from the reactors uh, we can also apply directly to where it is uh, most uh, needed like in the industry so yeah quite agree with you in that yeah very correct Yeah, like 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 SMRs. The SMRs is, is is a beautiful design yeah. that I believe for Africa. This is this is for us. I know yeah. you, you hear here in most of the developed nations, they talk about using it for like some of the you know some of these wind farms that are that are that are absolutely outdated. It's like you know what? How about we just bring a small modular reactor and put it there, um, and, and and that should do the job. But for us, if we get if we're able to do this energy mix, where you can have renewables you can have in this case um um um, um uh, reactor uh, rea nuclear reactor power uh what that also allows us to do from an economic standpoint is the the, the electrical bill is definitely going to be easier to pay when you have multiple sources of electricity coming in rather than depending on this one or one, most African countries depend on one source of electrical supply. And what typically yeah. happens at where you are right now, um, when something is wrong with that with that um, generator or something, there's a shortage in, 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 in oil, there's a shortage in coal, um, now we have a problem because this is the only this is the one yeah. source we have and need a high all of Africa, source, I guess. Yeah, so all yeah. of Africa, some of the some of the challenges we have is depending on one thing. Yeah. Once that one thing goes, we, we, you know, <laughs> we're in trouble. So if we diversify our portfolio and um, and make sure we have all these different uh, mature sources of energy, we can do a lot of things. And one of the things um, that when I when I went back to school and did my master's in energy systems a few years back, um, one of the things that uh, I had discussed with the department. Um, at the time for my entry uh, 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 he had like an entry letter that he had to write yeah I believe in the 21st century in other for Africa in order for, in order for Africa to move forward yeah most important thing we have to be able to address is our energy needs very good because everything else everything else every infrastructure you can think about is based on our energy needs if we're going to have um, an infrastructure of stadiums for those who are interested in sports. You know, if we're going to have an infrastructure of four or five stadiums, if we don't have enough energy to do that, what are we going to do? If we're going to look at applications of nuclear science in the medical field, where we bring all these big um, diagnostic machines in hospitals, yeah. if, we don't have, if we don't have reliable energy to, uh, to power these instruments, it's for nothing. Um, you can go look at agriculture if you know applications of nuclear science in agriculture to address um, hunger. Um, all of the instruments and machines that are used uh, to do all the research um, of, of, of these applications in that industry needs energy from somewhere. Right. So true. until we're able to address the energy needs for our continent, we'll continue to struggle. Wow. 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 This is super, super, super informative. I'm AK and I'm very much um, enthralled by the way you have explained very pressing and um, mind-boggling issues 
regarding the continent and our energy needs. So this brings me to the last question, AK. Uh, what do you think we need and what do you have as a final kind of what I think this should not be the final because yeah, you, you, you've been with the African community and uh, I, I believe we'll still have um, more time with you in the future. So can you give some last words that you want to give to our audience and maybe something you want them to have um, uppermost in their mind? What you think Yeah, you want to say in that regard? Um, well, first of all, I would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, um, giving me this opportunity to speak with the audience um, wherever they are on, on, on the face of this earth. Um, we've gone through a lot of challenges through this COVID. Um, so I hope and pray those who have lost loved ones. Um, you know, you know we, we pray that God will continue to... Uh, Amen. To, uh, to, uh, to continue to, you know... Um, um, solve their sorrow that they have, and um, and for some of us who have had economic issues, I uh, hope that God, you know, God will take control. Wow. So when it comes to the audience, what you know, what message I will leave for, because uh, I believe most of the audience here is from Africa, is you know, let's let's find a way to work together. Um, and it's simple to say, but I believe one hundred percent. That if we work together, uh, we can accomplish a lot of things. Whether you're in the diaspora, whether you as, you as an African in the diaspora, yeah, or you're an African living in the continent, um, if we embrace the idea of working together, and I know it can be very difficult uh, yeah. for us to for us to come together and 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 work and work on things. Yeah. But I do honestly do believe that if we find ways to be patient, and that is the biggest takeaway from 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 my advice to everybody yeah. listening is the capacity to be patient for yeah. one another together each um, achieve more teamwork yeah right. right if we take that capacity to be patient with one another and we can empower each other in so many ways yeah that you want that you can't even imagine and yeah. whatever we do we'll be able to succeed together yeah. and if we succeed together it's sustainable yeah um and if it's sustainable you know everybody in the continent will be able to uh, enjoy the, the fruits of our labor but we have to understand um that whatever it is that we choose to do yeah and in this case in our in our industry you and i we're in the nuclear science and technology and for everybody else that's hoping to get into the into the industry our advice because uh, yeah. i love the industry our advice take 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 that leap but uh i say in whatever profession that you are in use that profession for good yeah. For the continent, for yourself, for your family, and for the continent. But understanding the bigger price here is not individual. The bigger price here is community, community teamwork. empowerment. Yeah. Community empowerment, community empowerment, community empowerment, and teamwork. If we do that, anything is possible. Wow. Thank you so, so much, AK. It's been a very intriguing and informative session with you. I sincerely appreciate the time and I hope that your baby keeps you active um, <laughs> for the rest part of the day. I see he's doing a very great job doing that already. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No yes, problem. Yes. And, uh, and yeah. same to you. I wish I wish your family the best the best of times and um, i mean we talk all the time anyway every now and then we do communicate yeah. but um hope to see the the the, the nigerian young generation genera generation in ghana so yeah. but before we go i just want to mention this before we okay. go okay um 
for the audience that's listening in wherever you are yeah. the african young generation in nuclear will be having their second their third um biannual summit in ghana in ghana yeah uh, october the 25th through to 29th yeah uh, we we already have a lot of good things waiting for our audience, our yeah. attendees. We did. Um, the organizing committee has been gearing um, to do a lot of things. They, yeah. they continue continuously, continuously um, been doing a great work. The Ghana Young Generation Nuclear, who's going to be hosting us, have been doing an amazing work. I've been amazing. working with them. You know, so we're looking forward for something great. So if you live in the continent. You live in the diaspora, please. You can contact myself at akbarrie 0 at gmail.com or you can go to LinkedIn. You just type Abdul dash K A R I M B A R R I E. We can link up there. Um, and, yes, and, and I would uh, and I would give you all the information that's needed how you can participate or you can be yeah. a sponsor. Uh, of, of the conference itself yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're looking for all when we talk about teamwork this is what i'm talking about yes, teamwork so everybody good. we want all of you guys to be part of yeah. part of what we you will find the to. links to um all these in the uh description of the podcast yeah awesome awesome <laughs> awesome <laughs>